Hey there, Mama, and welcome back to the Moms Overcoming Overwhelm podcast, episode 62. I'm Emily McDermott, and I am here beside you on this journey as we work together to declutter your home, head, and heart. I hope you really enjoyed Tuesday's episode about the five questions that can help you get unstuck when it comes to decluttering. It was a little bit of a heavier, thoughtful episode, but I hope that it really resonated with you and you have been successful in making some of those tougher decisions. And today I'm very excited to have Danielle McGue on the show. Danielle is a professor, mom, and recovering overachiever. She has 18 years of experience teaching, loves to help others learn to love learning. (laughs) That's hard to say, right? Learn to love learning. And has a knack for guiding people as they gain understanding about themselves. So she has courses on planning in nine hospitals in the Midwest and has developed courses and workshops that have served over 3,000 people. And her goal planners are currently available on her Etsy shop, which is plangoalplan.etsy.com. I'll link it in the show notes and are designed to help guide women as they create simple, sustainable, and impactful practices that support a life full of joy, ease, and confidence. She's also the host of the Plan Goal Plan podcast, and today we're going to be talking about the power of checklists, how checklists are different than to-do lists, and how we can really use it to maximize our productivity and reduce that overwhelm and that mental clutter that gets in the way when we don't know what we're supposed to do next, which happens a lot to me. So I hope that you really enjoy this episode. And what do you say? Grab that notebook and pen and let's dive into this great conversation with Danielle McGue. Hey there, mama. Are you tired of all the stuff crowding your home calendar and mind? Do you wish you could say goodbye to the endless to-do list running around in your head? Want to declutter but don't know where to start? You're in the right place. Welcome to Mom's Overcoming Overwhelm, where you will find proven and practical solutions to declutter your home, head, and heart. Hi, I'm Emily, a wife, boy mom, and simplicity seeker. I struggled to get pregnant and felt overwhelmed until I discovered decluttering could create the physical and emotional space I needed to become a mom. Now two kids later, I've transformed my life and motherhood by developing simple systems around decluttering, capsule wardrobes, kid stuff, cleaning and tidying, meal planning, time management, and more, and I can't wait to share them with you. If you're ready to reclaim the time and energy you crave, be present with your kids, and finally enjoy the life and motherhood you so deserve, let's kick overwhelm to the curb, shall we? Grab your lukewarm coffee, your notebook and pen, and clear off some counter space. Let's do this. Well, hey, Danielle, thank you so much for coming on the Moms Overcoming Overwhelm podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. You and I, we connected through podcasting, this cool space (laughs) we find ourselves in somehow. And I just really love your podcast because I will admit I am not always the best with utilizing my planner. (laughs) It's one of these things where I have it. I love it. I know that I feel so much better when I'm utilizing it consistently but I think it's something we're going to talk about today is just being able to have things that you can use consistently that are sustainable for your lifestyle is just so incredibly important, which is why I'm so thrilled to talk to you. So I was hoping you could start by introducing yourself a little about you and your family, kind of the people that you serve with your business, and then also kind of what you do when you're not doing all those things. Yeah. 
So before I jump in and talk about myself a little, I got to say, it is so fascinating to me the way that organizing our physical space and planning are not necessarily the same skills. So I'm very good at planning. I'm very good at organizing ideas. But when it comes to physical space, I'm like, help. And so (laughs) it's like so interesting. And it makes me actually, you know, it makes me feel human (laughs) that um, I because I maybe just assume that because you're so good at physical space, that the other sorts of planning come easy to you. So thanks for, for, for admitting that to me. So of course, (laughs) so I'm Danielle and I am a professor at the university of Northern Iowa. I teach in the department of communication and media. I love, love, love teaching. I love helping people identify their dreams and then create plans to achieve them. I am also a mom to two wild kiddos Um, They are five and seven. I'm also married. My husband and I have been married for, I think this year is going to be 18. That's bonkers. I'm not that old. (laughs) I'm not that old. How did that happen? And I, I love being outdoors. I, I love to read. I'm an avid, avid reader. I, all of, I kind of like crappy books though, you know, like bring on like the Nicholas Sparks, you know, I call them popcorn novels Mm -hmm. that you can sit down and just get lost in. I do enough you know, smart thinking in my job. (laughs) And uh, I love water slides. So I'm ready for summer, bring on the slides. I am ready to shoot down something fun. That is so cool. I don't know if I've been on a water slide before. I'm like a little bit scared about it. But I, I this is weird because I've done like skydiving and I don't know, other things. But for some reason, water slides kind of scare me a little bit. I didn't even think about that till right now. So that is so amazing. And you and I are both in the, in the thick of that particular age group. So I have five and six and a half. And you said you had both boys. Is that right? No, nope. I, my son is, um, he's seven and then my okay. daughter is five. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we're kind of in that same season of motherhood and, I, when I talk to guests and ask this question, say, give one example of a time you were overwhelmed. They're like, oh, do you mean like yesterday? Or do you mean this morning? Or mean? So I will give you the choice because it's all relatable. But anytime, any season of your motherhood, or really just any time that you felt like completely overwhelmed and sort of what was going on, when did you kind of raise that white flag and say, okay, something needs to change. This is not working anymore. This is not serving me or my family. And and what did you do? I would love to hear a story about that. Yeah. So I decided that I wanted to be a teacher and a professor pretty early on. I think I was around 20 years old when I decided that I wanted to do that. And so I did, you know, I went to school forever and then I worked to get the job and then you have to do something called earn tenure. And when I was around 35 or 36, I finally earned tenure And I had my kiddos a little bit later in life. So I was in my mid thirties when I had my son. And so my son was about 18 months old and my daughter um, was on the way. And I get this letter saying that I earned tenure and I should be elated. Like my entire adult life was spent working towards this goal. And instead I just felt lost, maybe a little relieved, but mostly lost. I didn't know what's next. And I was also adjusting to being a new parent. And so 
I was trying to figure out how to navigate life in this new role. I was absolutely exhausted. I had mastitis nine times in nine months. And then I ended up with a kidney stone um, that I had to have blasted out of me. And I was so, so, so tired. I couldn't remember anything. And so up to that point, I could manage things pretty well without any systems. <laughs> I didn't need any systems in place. And all of a sudden, I found that if I were going to, if I was going to remember what it was that I needed to do, if I was going to be able to show up in the way that I wanted to at work and at home, I was going to need to do things differently. And so I spent a lot of time reading and reading because I'm a geek and that's what I do. Um, reading about to-do lists, reading about different time management systems, reading about you know how time works and how we experience time. And I started putting some things into practice and it wasn't until I created a little bit of space for me then to do some self-reflection because I think that I kind of forgotten who I was and what was important to me. And I couldn't prioritize because I didn't know what my priorities were. <laughs> and once I did that, once I had some time to really set some habits and practices around self-development, then I was ready to set goals. I had tried to set goals before, but I kept failing at them because they weren't always the right goals. So I, you know, really spent some time developing planning practices, learning about myself and doing personal development, and then moving into setting some goals and then using the planning to help me put those goals into action. So that's a little bit of my story. Yeah. Overall. I, yes, <laughs> I resonate with that a lot. I definitely, after my second, I, it was like basic things like what's for dinner or, you know, cleaning. I'm like, I don't know. You can look in the fridge and see, like, it was just like the inability to process, like inability to make decisions also because of overwhelm and exhaustion and, and everything like that. And like you said, when you are in that state, it's hard to even realize like, oh, I can maybe someday have the margin to be able to do some of that self-reflection. You're just like in that survival mode. And so I think it's really amazing how you were able to use that love for reading and kind of that, you know, professor educator part of you to be like, okay, I'm going to, you know, figure this out and start learning some of these tools to develop those systems. And I know that one thing besides the planning resources that you have, which are going to definitely talk about so my listeners can find them, but a lot of times we have, and I'm guilty of it too, having the running to-do list. And you taught me about the invisible to-do list, which is so true. And you're looking around everywhere and you're like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. You do that. But even if we write it down, it just is like the never ending. When am I even going to get to this? For me, sometimes it's like, I remember to prioritize it. Other times I'm not so consistent. So if we have these mamas here that are kind of drowning in that never ending to-do list, they're not even sure kind of like where to start. How would you recommend that they can, you know, sort of get out of that survival mode by using a system? Like, what would you recommend? Yeah. So one thing that you need to do is create a way to capture all of the different things that are coming in. And so for me, that's my planner. 
But for other people, it might be an app that you use. You need to kind of figure out what works for you. I realized, especially when I was in super tired mode, I had to write things down physically. That the act of writing was committing things to my memory in a different way than if I was using an app. And you might have a hybrid method too. So maybe you have a place where you write everything down and then maybe you have a an app on your phone. So that way, if you're out getting groceries or going to pick up the kids and all of a sudden you're waiting and pick up line and something you know pops into your head, you can put it down. So one, just having a place that you can capture all of the different things that are coming in at you. And then once you have those things, you have to think about now, how do I order them? How do I prioritize them? And you can have what you can have a to-do list. And then I recommend that you also create checklists and to-do lists and checklists are actually slightly different things. So a to-do list is more um, eclectic, right? It's so what are all the different things that I need to do today that you've collected on that, that you've collected using your capturing system, right? Then your checklist is more, it's ordered. And it moves you from start to finish on a particular task. So a checklist really moves you through a process where a to-do list is just capturing all of the different things that you need to do. So I recommend locating the places that you could benefit from a checklist. And a checklist is going to help you out when there's a process you need to move from start to finish and usually something that you do more regularly. So it's these items that show up over and over again on your to-do list. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes total sense. And I guess I realize I do use them in different aspects. So when it comes to the podcast space, I kind of made a checklist or like a workflow that's sequential, that's getting me, you know, from point A to Z. And it is so helpful because a lot of times when I do that, I am doing it before the kids wake up on the morning that my podcast comes out and I don't want to have to reinvent the wheel and think about it. Like I just got out of bed, just tell me what I'm supposed to do. (laughs) So then it's like easy to kind of go through that um, sequential list. And I have tried it with other areas as far as like home management goes. And I would love to hear some examples in just a second of like ones that you recommend for home management. But for me, besides having, like I said, like the daily laundry, I guess I didn't say that here, but I have like a daily laundry routine that my listeners have heard about. And besides that, I have attempted to do it with like cleaning. And then what I find is I have my checklist with like in my dry erase sleeve and it just doesn't happen. Like I don't carry it around and be like, I just cleaned the toilet. I just did this. So I have been honestly kind of struggling a little bit when it comes to like the cleaning routine and checklist there. So can you give some examples, I guess, of the checklist that you recommend that we start with maybe as we're trying to manage some of these tasks in our home and maybe tell me what I should do about my my cleaning checklist? I'll see, I'll see what we can come up with here. This is some exciting problem solving. So one of the places that I really like to use checklists is for cleaning. I also really like it to manage our mornings. I think mornings are just a wild and hectic time in my home. And I know that I'm not alone there. Sometimes I feel like I should get an award for just getting everyone out of the house. And the same way. <laughs> it's so bonkers. And what I find is it's not that I necessarily need to remember everything 
that I need to do to get my kids out of the house. Like, oh, I need to fill up my son's water bottle and put it in his book bag. You know, I need to make sure that their shoes are in a place that we can find them. You know, I know those things. The issue is that there's so many different things going on in my head that I need something that just brings me back and go, no, what are you supposed to be doing right now? Just take care of that thing. And so I write up my checklist and I put it, I laminate it because laminators make everything feel like official and fun. And then I put it on the refrigerator And so you, one, need to put your checklist in a place that it's going to be visible and you can actually use it. I don't actually physically cross things off. I just kind of glance at it. But you also then need to train your brain to look for the checklist. So when I feel, oh, I'm scattered, I'm overwhelmed, what am I doing? You need to go, Danielle, stop. You already know what you're supposed to be doing. Look at the checklist. And you do that enough times, I swear that you're creating some new neural pathways in your brain. So over time to just any time that you're feeling scattered, ooh, what am I supposed to be doing? Oh, every time I ask that question, go to the checklist. And so I think that it's partly putting them in places that they are visible to you and easy for you to access in the moment. And then the second part is really taking some time to train yourself to go and look to the checklist. So actually I have a checklist for my own face regimen. And I love that. Yeah. And so I'm mostly washing my face during tired moments of the day. It's in the morning or it's at night. And also I know that ingredients, if you mix the wrong ingredients together, you could have a bad reaction or you might make them ineffective And so I put my checklist, also laminated and typed out, in a drawer that has some of my products. So I have to open up the drawer to grab the product. And when I do, I look at the checklist and I go, oh, what am I supposed to put on my face Tuesday morning? There we go. And it's not like everyone's, I mean, after you've done it enough, you do remember it, but it's really there to just help guide you so that I don't have to make that decision. I don't have to remember it because it's right there. So you, it's so funny because I think one of the aspects when you're talking about the, the morning routine, and also you're talking about your face regimen, that's different maybe than like the cleaning aspect is being under stress or being tired. Okay. And you have really inspired me now to do a checklist for our morning routine. And the reason is that I forgot my son's water bottle, I guess, two days ago, He got home from school. He's like, mom, I just want you to know, I forgive you (laughs) (laughs) for getting my water bottle. And I'm like, okay. Cause I always tell them. And then my other son in preschool, he wants a trail mix for the six minute drive to and from preschool with a filled water bottle. Now, maybe my kids just need to, I need to manage the expectations of my children. That's a whole other episode, but he wants fresh trail mix. Fresh trail mix means there's M&Ms in there that have been refreshed because he eats them all. Right. So that's just a, a, a glimpse into my, my life, but inevitably. I support your son's, I support your son's <laughs> demand for M&Ms in his trail mix. I I understand. I empathize with that. I know. Oh my gosh. So then it's just like, I always inevitably forget like one thing and it's never huge. It might just be the trail mix. It might be the water bottle. It might be, I forget his tote bag for, um, for preschool. But the thing is, it's always under the time pressure of let me get these humans out of the door with hopefully 
everything that they're supposed to have. And that is where I'm challenged because my brain is under stress. And so then I can't think clearly to be able to remember all of the stuff that I quote unquote, know we're supposed to do. So I, you have definitely inspired me. I'm doing a morning routine checklist and I will let you know, I'll report back, but yeah, we're talking about in this, in the, in the midst of overwhelm, it is helping us focus on no, actually what needs to be done. And it's like that reassurance of, okay, it, the checklist, it's, it's got me like, I know what to do. So that's so powerful. There's this really wonderful book called the checklist manifesto by Atul Gawande. And he is a brain surgeon and a wonderful storyteller. And he is advocating for the use of checklists in hospitals and in surgical units. And it's wild because you wouldn't think that something like a checklist would be useful in such a complex environment. But he argues that that's exactly why you need them. Because even though you've been trained and you've done this over and over again, there are so many different things happening in during surgery that a checklist makes sure that people are getting the best treatment that they possibly can. And it's wild, the statistics on how many lives are saved by using a simple checklist. So the the way that I think about it is if a surgeon can benefit from a checklist, then so can my household. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Before us even coming into this conversation, I read that book and I was thinking of that exact example because just like you said, the number of lives that have been saved. And so you think like, oh, well, you know, doctors know what they're doing. Yeah. But you think about the stress, you think about the number of hours that they've been awake about, you know, these 20, 24 hour shifts. And yeah, sometimes our homes kind of feel like an ER. (laughs) (laughs) where everyone's running around and there's all this chaos and everything. So yeah, I think that there is so much power in that. And, um, and I think that that kind of brings me to my next question is that I'm sure when the checklist system was originally brought to those surgeons and doctors, they probably scoffed at it and were like, "I I don't need this. Like, what are you talking about? I know what I'm doing. Uh, but then it was actually able to help and kind of the proof was in those lives that were saved. I think for me, the issue is I get very, very excited about my, my planning and my checklists and stuff at the beginning. And I don't laminate, but I'm a daughter of a teacher. So I totally respect the lamination. I do dry erase sleeves so I can kind Mm -hmm. of do it in and out. And then I'm able to still kind of set the same concept, but I get super go gung ho at the beginning. And then it just kind of like peters out and I just like, don't use it anymore. And, um, I was hoping because that is pretty common that in different seasons, right. We have different capacity for being, being able to do things and how do we stay consistent or just really kind of have that habit of using the checklist so that we don't put all of this time and energy into actually creating this tool, which is going to help us, but then we end up just not using it and it's like collecting dust somewhere. Can you help me with that? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that one of the first things that you should do is actually make using it the habit that you're trying to build. The goal isn't just making the checklist. It's also, you know, making a habit around it. Though I will say, I do think that you should make the process of making the checklist delightful. So when I do checklists with my kids, because I do have them, 
make their own checklist for their own morning routines and they can help you print it out. They can color it. They can decorate it. And then so they're excited to use it because they've like invested in its creation process. And while they're coloring, you can work on your own and color your own and add stickers. Because I do think that if you've invested and made that process delightful, that you are going to be more likely to use it because you're excited about it. Then I also think that after you've created sort of habit and then you say that you kind of peter out, right? you start to slip away. One, I would say, don't be too hard on yourself if this happens, because I do think that there is like a rhythm and a cycle to things and that it's okay. I think that it's really helpful though, if you have something like a quarterly review, some checkpoints in your year where you, you know, set aside a few hours and say, Hey, I'm going to check in with myself oh yeah, a couple months ago, I started this checklist and I was using it really regularly for a month and then I sort of used it and now I'm not using it at all. I'm going to start that back up and you just restart it. And it's okay that it has those waves to it and that, but that you have these little check-in moments because what you might find is, oh, I did use that for a month, but actually it's not really serving me. Well, why is it not serving me? Oh, I think that maybe I had it ordered wrong or I wasn't putting it in a place where I was actually using it. And then you can either try to solve those problems or you might just say, maybe this isn't the checklist I need right now. And you can just ditch it. And that's okay too. Yeah, it's, I love that. It's like the freedom to also, as you're reevaluating, it isn't that we're judging ourselves harshly for it. Like, oh, I'm so, you know, I can never get my act together and that kind of negative thinking. So I really love that. And one of the things that you mentioned that I was talking to another mom friend of mine who her kids are pre, pre-readers. And when she's created these checklists for them, then you can do like the pictures, right? So that way, you know, if they're not quite reading yet, then that gives them also something to color, but also kind of a cool way to, teach them to read, honestly. And one checklist I do have, it's kind of a checklist. It's actually a menu. I was getting really annoyed with my kids saying, I would say like, what do you want for lunch? And they're like, I don't know. And so what I did was I made a menu of like all the things that we had and the favorite things. And they actually bring it to them and they actually like check off the thing that they want me to make. And then I hold them to it. And so when they show up and they're like, I didn't want grilled cheese. I'm like, yes, you did. <laughs> Look, you checked it off, you know? And that actually has helped my five-year-old kind of like learning how to read because he's been able to utilize that menu. So that goes back to some of the decision fatigue stuff where we don't have to think about it. We can just kind of have the menu for them to, to choose from. So I think it's great how you've been able to incorporate you know, your family into it and get the kids involved. And you're right. We want, when we're building these new habits, we want to have that, uh, make it fun and kind of have that reward system or else we just don't end up wanting to do it at all. Right. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you were talking about how you can use pictures for kids, but even as adults, it might make sense for you to create a checklist that's based on images because if what you need to do is glance really fast at your refrigerator and just want to visually see something and go, okay, oh yeah, shoes, I need shoes. You know, it might actually work just as well for you to have images and then you can have fun with that. But yeah, I do think that so often we think about 
habits and checklists and to-do lists, it sounds like drudgery to us. It sounds like work and grind. And I think that instead we can really have a lot of fun with it by incorporating things that do excite us and delight us into the process of it. And then the process becomes the reward. Oh, that's so true. It kind of gets back to that intrinsic motivation, right? To be able to do something. Uh, this has been so really helpful. You have totally motivated me to get my checklists up and running. And I want to make sure I give you some time to tell everyone where they connect with you, some of the resources that you have, including your podcast and your planning resources. So can you tell us all about that, please? Yeah. So if you all are interested in some cleaning checklists, I will provide a free cleaning set of free cleaning checklists for you all, as well as some free printables for planning. So you can find me at plan, goal, plan, plan and set goals um, with purpose for working moms. That's my podcast. And it is so fun getting to meet wonderful people and talk through all of these ideas that have been spinning around in my head for years. Um, you can also find me on Etsy, so plangoplan.etsy.com. Um, but check out those free printables too. I got some freebies. Enjoy those first. So yeah, totally. Thank you so much for sharing that. I will definitely be using them <laughs> myself. So thank you again, Danielle. It's been really a pleasure talking to you. And I'm so glad we connected and you were able to come on the show. So thank you again. Thank you. If you like today's podcast, here's what you can do. Just take 30 seconds to leave me a review. I know you're a busy mama. You're overwhelmed, in fact. But 30 seconds of your day makes such an impact. I'll be blessed by your words. They'll definitely make my day. And who knows, you might be entered for this month's giveaway. An Apple podcast, scroll down to write a review. Thanks so much for your time. I'm so grateful for you.